welcome to the Glitch Text Rewatch podcast. We are so excited to have you joining us today for episode six, Alpha Leader. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, and we have four amazing guests here joining us for today's episode. So Phil, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Yeah, <laughs> well, thanks for having us, first of all. Yeah, my name's Phil. I was one of three of the board artists on this episode. So yeah, so this is, uh, this is Alpha Leader, and man, wow, this was, I think we boarded this, you guys are going to help me out, I think back in what, like 2017? It's been a while. Sounds right. But yeah, so yeah, I was, I was one of the board artists, uh, long and short of it. Very cool, and happy to have you. And then we also have Adam, come on in. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, Adam Gans, I was a production coordinator on the show when this episode was getting going in boards. And then I think I was script coordinator by the time we had it back for posts. So I was doing some of the ADR stuff on this one. But yeah. Well, what was it like seeing like both ends? Cause a lot of times, especially on a show, you don't often get to work on both the pre-production and post. So what was it like seeing it from beginning to end? It was cool. I mean, it was probably, I mean, it was a good uh, nine months to a year between us working on it and storyboards and then seeing it come back from animation. So we had forgotten a lot of the stuff. I remember sitting in like some of the early viewings of it with Dan and Eric and like laughing at jokes that people had forgotten about and things <laughs> like that. So yeah, it was cool. It was like, you kind of forget about it and then you bring it back and you just got it. It's like, oh cool, let's, uh, let's reshape it again. Every stage is like sharpening it. So it's fun. Awesome. And then we also have Mel returning again for this episode. Hello, Mel. Hey, my name is Mary Ev, and I've had several roles on the production, but I was there early on. I was early in production, not in pre-production. So my role was to take care of making sure that the designs and the stuff we received were easy enough to animate and that we wouldn't have too many troubles down the line. And I was also helping Elodie, who was supervising the rigging of the characters. And rigging means we have to take the designs and and separate them into little, little pieces so that we can move everything a bit like little paper cutout puppets that you would see as a kid. So I was doing this and taking care of like anything technical that has to do with the 2D software that we were using. So it was a very crazy job, but uh, I really loved it. And my team was amazing. And taking care of all the juniors and stuff was my favorite part. <laughs> Awesome, thanks. We're glad to have uh, both you and Adam back second time around. And then yeah. uh, rounding out our cast for today, we have Zara. Hello, Zara. Hi, my name is Zara Fuzzle. I'm an actor and I am the voice of Zara in Glitch Text. I'm so excited to be here and I'm so excited to learn so much about every time I sit down and talk with people who work in animation, like you were describing the storyboard process and Mel, you were just describing rigging. Like I didn't know what that was until just now. And it's, it's, it's just so amazing to hear about what everybody does to make this final product. As an actor, I see such a small slice of it. So I love learning new stuff about animation. Thanks for having me. And Sarah, if you want to know more about animation, I'd love to have you over on my little thing that I do on YouTube where I show animation to people who don't do animation. So oh, I, I would love that. So Seriously, cool. that'd be amazing. We'll talk later. <laughs> Watch the other episodes. You always had all these interesting questions. So I'm looking forward today. It's going to be very, very cool. Yeah, and we're looking forward to that especially. And yeah, we'll have links in the show notes at the end, guys. Definitely check out 
Mel's YouTube channel. It's, it's really, really cool. She has awesome. talks about a lot of cool stuff. So let me ask you guys. So we'll go to uh, Sarah and then over to Philip. So Sarah, what was it like when you auditioned for the role of Zara? Like what, what is that process for people that are really interested in doing acting, especially acting for animation? Yeah, well, I guess part of it is a large part of the animation industry is based in Los Angeles. So I had moved to LA about eight years ago to focus on acting for on-camera TV and animation. And I got an agent and that's a very common path to how to audition for these TV projects in here in Los Angeles. And my agent had sent me an audition for a show called Glitch Text. And I'm a Muslim woman of South Asian descent. And so I often will get auditions for Muslim characters in cartoons. And so the character Zara audition came across my desk and I was so excited because the vibe I got from her is like she's this cool hip kind of big sister type to the main glitch text really cool cool customer a little fun sarcastic and so the audition sides you know I recorded her take a couple ways I did one where she was more sweet and kind of had this voice kind of closer to my normal speaking voice and then I had one where she was more sarcastic and like not much really touched her and so I found out a couple weeks after uh, my agent had submitted the audition that I booked the part. And I was so excited because one, I mean, the idea, the concept of this show of, you know, the geek squad becoming superheroes was so exciting to me. Uh, like this Ghostbuster style video game love letter. I love the content, the subject of the series. And then to play a Muslim female superhero, you know, was just awesome to me. And at uh, the very first recording session, I remember meeting Dan Milano for the first time, and uh, we kind of set the voice and leaned more towards, you know, I had submitted two different ideas for what I think Zara could, could sound like. And uh, we leaned toward that second. So you, she is a little bit of a scratchiness in her voice that I don't have naturally. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, the whole process from then on out, Glitch Text is such a special show because of how hands-on Dan and Eric are and were with the cast and really listening to us with our ideas for the character. They were really open to collaboration in a way that is kind of rare for showrunners to have that I mean, level of openness. <laughs> yeah, so it's just been a great, great train. Happy to be aboard. Very cool. Mel, did you have a, did you have a question about that as well? Oh, no, I was just saying how I agree with how Dan and Eric were amazing at being flexible. Well, not just Dan, but like the whole production as being uh, flexible. Yeah, that's really cool because I'm, yeah, I don't know if that's, that's very typical. I feel like a lot of times showrunners are like, nope, this is my vision. This is what we're going for. But it's always cool to hear when there's more collaboration, when it's more of, hey, we have ideas, but we also know the team has ideas what are your ideas? Let's see how we can make this, you know, and put this into the show and make it a better show. Eric and Dan always definitely kind of used this metaphor of it, of it being kind of a big like sandbox for us, right? Like, because they just, Dan and, Dan and Eric, they're both, they're both just like big kids. Like they just want to have fun and play in the space. And so they would always, they would always describe it as like, we're inviting you over to our house, over to our playground. And this is, these are all the action figures we have and these cool characters. And like, we just want you guys to go wild, have fun in the space with the characters. If you want to pitch an idea for something they do, absolutely do it. And like their doors were always open for that. So yeah, it's, it was, and especially on this episode too, 
they let us make up a lot of stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe try to find a few places to point it out. That sounds great. And getting into uh, the storyboard portion of it for you, Phil. So what is it like boarding on an action adventure show? This is honestly, you know, again, to circle back to that point, it really was like super collaborative. Like we, we ran through, I would say this episode had more kind of like different versions of different parts of fights and interactions and everything than, than some of the other episodes we had, because it's, um, you know, it's a big episode, right? Like it's, we get four new villains. There's a completely new environment. Like for us as a boarding team, it was a lot to tackle. And I mean, I, I think it was actually a lot to tackle for, for a lot of the teams having those four new characters, having all those new environments and everything. This episode was a pretty big undertaking, but you know, we split this one up and it was me and I, can I shout out my, my board partners real fast? Oh, absolutely. Please do. Sarah Partington also did a big chunk of this and then another like third of it. So we would kind of divide it into thirds was uh, Sung Kim, who was, who was our, uh, our third team member. The two of them are just like phenomenal board artists and it was such a pleasure to get to work with them. And then Jules Bridgers, who I think, have you already met, have you already talked with him? I think he's gonna be on an episode. Yeah, he'll be on a little bit later. He's uh, actually both Sarah and Jules will be here for uh, the season two episode. So you guys at home will have a chance to hear from them. Oh, I'm so excited for y'all to get to meet them. But yeah, so Jules was our revisionist. And I mean, like, I use revisionist lightly. Like, he really stepped up and would kind of, like, help us fill in gaps in this episode and stuff, too. So, like, this was a huge episode. And you'll see that as we watch it, too. I think there's, like, three or four fights in this episode. So, boarding this one, it was, this was, I think, one of the biggest undertakings we took this season. And Chris directed your team on this one, right? Yeah, Chris Graham was our director. He's amazing. If you guys, y'all, I mean, y'all might know him from, he worked on Invader Zim. He worked on Danny Phantom. Like, he has really kind of like, he's, he's a Nickelodeon veteran. He and Ian Graham have been friends for a long time. They're not brothers. I know that's going to come up. <laughs> they always get credited as brothers, but they're not. But we, we, we'll call them the Graham brothers, but yeah. So yeah, this episode was huge. We took the script from like the very first phase and we started breaking it up into kind of workable segments that we could look at individually. You know, you kind of get this part at the beginning where they're at the glitch text, like hang out and then trying to find ways to divide it up once they got to the actual theme park. So we really kind of wove all of our pieces together. So I think you'll get to see it. Hopefully, hopefully uh, everybody enjoys this one. This one was, I think it was probably a little bit more of a, a struggle for us than some other episodes were, just because of how big it was. This one was, I think, seven minutes over time in the first episode. Oh my day. goodness. Like, yeah, it was big. That's a, that's a lot to have to cut and whittle down and go, okay, now what do we remove? That's a lot of really good material. Yeah, it was, um, it was the hard one. This just one was- cut down all of Zara's lines. They're on Aw. No! That <laughs> <laughs> just cut out complete characters. Like, no, ah, it's no, a totally different no. story. <laughs> Also, I gotta say, it was really funny when you were describing your two different voices for Zara, and you did the first one that was like your talking voice, and then the second one where you kind of dropped down to the raspiness, and I just had this like instinctive, I was like, oh, yep, that's it. Like, Uh, (laughs) yay, I'm glad. (laughs) You kind of like dropped back in that cut, and I was like, oh, that's it, that's the, that's the Z voice. Yeah, (laughs) that's my girl. Very cool. Mel and Adam, before we get started with the episode, any other things you wanted to share about working on this one before we start watching it together? 
Well, I was going to say, because Phil said, oh, the, the storyboards and the animatic was very ambitious. And I just remember my animator friend told me this episode was insane. So it's like <laughs> when the boards are crazy, just imagine how crazy it is when you have to actually draw 12 drawings a second for these shots. It was insane. As always, it was worth it because it looked amazing. But uh, yeah, it was not the easiest. <laughs> Yeah, and then from a pre-production standpoint, like walk, watching the episode with all these new characters, a completely new location, so every new background is brand new. Not only do we have to figure out what this place looks like in general, we have to figure out what this place looks like from this specific angle, and then this one, and then that one. So breaking it down from a production standpoint, yeah, we were like, oh man, we're going to kill somebody on the design team or the animation team. No. We're going to go to prison for this. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, in case I forget... I remember Dan also telling me how it wasn't, I think it wasn't supposed to be a empty water park. It was supposed to be a alive water park. Oh but no, I'm just picturing to, all the, the 30 incidentals and people in costumes exactly. walking around. <laughs> so to reduce these costs, they were like, it doesn't bring anything to the story to have people walking around. So they were like, what if it's a abandoned park? And I encourage so many people to think like that, but because I think it really saved a lot of time in that episode and I don't think it changed the story at all. That was such a wise move. So yeah, I thought I would note it in case I forget. I think it solved like a story problem too because we didn't have to erase everybody's memory at the end of the episode. Oh, oh yeah, that would have been such an ordeal. Uh, let's just them. gather hundreds of people and show them all being mind wiped. Yeah, not super practical. That was always something that I think we I, I, you know what, I don't want to speak for everybody. Myself as a borderist, I always had trouble keeping track of like, wait, did we wipe that person's mind? Who, like, who in each scene? That was like kind of a statistical stumbling block for me. So yeah, I was glad this one was a big empty park. I also think at a certain point we were trying to convince Scott Kakuda to make this one set either like during the winter or something. So there'd be like snow everywhere on the theme park. We kept pushing kind of the, the just limits. Just cover it up. Just cover it all up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would have been interesting if it had been uh, set at night because then it would have like super Scooby-Doo vibes of old abandoned amusement park and one weird old guy working in the back. We oh, need ghost pirates. also means special lighting in every scene. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> No, I, I can I just hear, well. <laughs> I can hear Adam and, and Katie and Rachel and Emma just going, no, no special <laughs> lighting, please, no. Uh, awesome, awesome. Well, as you guys will see, the episode turned out absolutely wonderful, so we're going to watch it right now. So for everyone at home, we have season one, episode six, Alpha Leader all queued up. And from the description, what is this episode about? Here it is. What makes a good leader? High Five finds out the hard way when he steps up to head a team against four glitches that are on the loose. So we're gonna watch that together. So everyone at home, we have it queued up at zero, zero, zero. So on the count of three, you'll hit play. So one, two, three. And we're seeing the Netflix logo across the screen there. On Netflix original series by Nickelodeon. And starts up to like just another regular day of a uh, glitch attacks. So this this part here was actually this was all boarded by Sarah here at the start. 
and they decided to put this swarm at the beginning and we were like oh no like big mobs like this are hard to handle but she did a great job of kind of uh merging them all into this this big glob of little cthulhu monsters <laughs> yeah i could just imagine it is a giant storm there's everybody everywhere I just look at all the little parts and I feel exhausted for you guys. <laughs> like, it looks stunning. It's, it's gorgeous. But wow, it's the details. I like Allie's little battle helmet. I love Allie. I'm obsessed. And that's a good reveal. I like how you think, oh, the main monster is a swarm. It's like, no, no, no. It's this giant thing over here in the corner. I love that math janitor movie that was playing on theater too. I think <laughs> oh, that's I good that. launching. <laughs> math janitor, that's great. That's funny. I remember when I first saw this footage in an ADR session and I was blown away by Zara and her, her Plixel sword. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, she's just getting right up in there. She's like, I can take this. Yeah, she's definitely the most formidable tech, I think. And I love this, because he's like, no, I'm, I'm the best. It's like, no, you're now covered in goo. Good job. I love Mitch so much. <laughs> if I'm really honest, Mitch is probably my favorite character in this series. <laughs> and Luke Youngblood just does such an amazing job with him of that arrogance, but also the heart. I just love it so much. At yeah. our studio, we had a wall full of full stits of our own uh, Mitch Tech spinoff. <laughs> Wish I would still see them. I forgot to take them in picture when we left. I would absolutely watch a Mitch Tech spinoff. Yeah. Oh, I see all the movies. What was it like? Math Jander and like something like Super Supermarket over there? An action Skyscraper is one, which <laughs> I think is Die Hard. <laughs> I remember in ADR they had us change something to V Cool and P Cool because apparently that's what the kids are saying these days. I don't know if that's true <laughs> or not. <laughs> Does anybody out there know? Do yeah. you see Be Cool? Be Listeners, cool? write in. Tell us if that's the current <laughs> lingo, because uh, we don't know. <laughs> I think we're all too old now. <laughs> you know what? I think we just have to make it cool. I think that's on us. That's true. That's true. Just just, uh, just act cool and aloof. It's all my attitude. Quarantine is required! Oh, oh no. no! There you go. This is too relevant. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, like, wait, no! <laughs> How did you, because this was, you know, written in 2016, 2017. How did everybody know? Prescient. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite Excuse gags me. by Bit is coming up here. Oh, yeah. yeah I, this is. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's how you're all dying. It's like, oh, jeez. It's like too real. <laughs> too real. Bit. That is one of my favorite jokes in this entire series. <laughs> And shout out to Sandeep Parikh, who plays Hanish, and who also, I believe, was in the writer's room in developing the show. Yeah. People know him from the Guild. He's hilarious and great. And I love, too, that, like, Hanish and Zara are kind of coded rather explicitly as, like, Indian and Pakistani, Hindu and Muslim. And the fact that they're, like, the South Asian kids and best friends is just so reflective of the real world. I love it. <laughs> they're, they're a real, like, dream team. Wait, okay, but I do have a question, though. Would you say that Zara is actually 
a support there. Like me and Dan always tried to figure out, like we always joked about whether or not she was lying to get out of doing the work. Ah. Like what do you <laughs> oh, think Zara's hundred percent? She did not want, yeah, hundred percent was like focused on her own stuff. That's how I was playing it and did not want to um, get involved. <laughs> He's like, I don't need to be in the middle of all this. <laughs> Let them figure that out. I just love his weird little flexi arms. He's like, I'm going to do as much as humanly possible from this tube. Bill, you boarded this section, right? Yeah, I, I did. And this was one of those, I, I really wasn't <laughs> sure how the rubber arm gag was going to play in uh in the pitch but then luckily megan who was our eic like she she like couldn't stop laughing at it so that was i was like okay good luckily it went over well i was so nervous that they were gonna hate that bit and i was gonna have to redraw all of it no it's great because he just does that weird like i'm i'm plotting and planning but it's with rubber arms so you could tell he's trying to be sinister but he's just in this tube it's like mitch what are you doing did anyone catch that the hair gel said pure man hold me yeah, that was great. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think it's the first time I've seen that. <laughs> that feels like the brand that Mitch would use. And I love this. It's just like, yeah, yeah, we, we know how to we know how to land a car. There we go. It's perfect. I genuinely think I think this was Sarah that boarded this part also. I think she did that to try to save on animation so that we wouldn't have to draw the, the van actually like driving up. So we just had it warp in and like like stupid ways oh. <laughs> that is a very clever clever thing to do saves on animation but it's also just really funny yeah and it ends up being even cooler than driving it in mm -hmm. well because it shows off miko's character too she's like i know what i'm doing yeah it's fine it's totally fine oh yeah we haven't mentioned ashley birch yet have we because she, no, she please wrote do. this one which was That's like right. she was one of my favorite like youtubers back in their like early you know 2000s when she was doing hey ash what you playing and then we found out that she was writing this and it was like a really cool experience yeah she's amazing yeah and she comes in as a, a supporting character later on in the series too also, sorry, I hope I didn't interrupt anybody back there. I'm like... <laughs> no, no, like, jump in, you guys. All the time. And I love their little group. Little group of Hey, now that there. I remember, actually, one of my, my first, I think my first character that I was responsible for was Zara. And I was so happy <laughs> because I thought she looked very cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, uh, I love how her hijab like flaps in the breeze like a cape. Superhero cape. I thought it was super so important cool. for it to be very animatable. So I always, even though sometimes we're like, yeah, we're, we're running out of time. We have to like, I'm like, no, no, no. We have to make it right and stuff. So that's that so cool, cool though. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. I, Thank I, you. I got her and I knew it, it's been like years. So I don't remember. But I knew I, I was responsible for her and Miko a lot. Oh, and Ali, yeah, the bird. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we, we, we often work like one person per character because uh, then we knew that character is uh, very well, so it was easier to do. My supervisor was, my boss actually was working on Mitch, so he was mm. the first puppet we did. <laughs> I hear that, Mitch? You're a puppet. You're a puppet, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for five in this one because he, he just wants to do a really good job, but he He's doesn't such a good quite boy. know how. <laughs> yeah. 
I love the lesson of this episode. I think it's a good message for, for young ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that there's nothing, there's no judgment made on Mitch's way of running things. He just does it his way and it's not, not the way for five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he just has to, you know, it's one of those trial by error type of deals too, because you're not necessarily going to know until you're in a leadership position how to actually be a leader. Because, you know, yeah. yes, there's books and you can watch people, but until you're actually in it, you know, it's kind of a mystery. And like what your natural strengths are that are unique to you as your leader, who is your leader going to be like and mm -hmm. cultivate that guy instead of looking at what somebody else is doing. Yeah. I love that. And, I, and also like you're not born a amazing leader or amazing, like at something leading is a skill that you have to learn. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Mitch is still learning it and five is learning it. So because Mitch, if his style, if, if he works a bit on it, like his style is not all wrong. He's just doing some stuff a bit to the extreme. But like being confident is all, it's not all that wrong. It depends on how you show it. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's, it's more than hair gel and a really cool jacket. <laughs> Those things help. Let's not lie. That's true. It is true. <laughs> it is help. But there's, that's like the icing on the cake. You got to have the <laughs> inner strength, inner strength. It's, I think it's 90% hair gel. 90% like, <laughs> hair gel. <laughs> it just kind of looks in the mirror and just goes, it's all you. It's all you. It's all in the hair. Is this Nolan North here on this big guy? I think so. Yeah, I believe it is. So good. And just does so many voices. Oh, yeah. I've worked with Nolan on Young Justice, and um, it's, it's so fun watching him work. I have a question for Zara. Uh, for Zara. For Zara. <laughs> when you voice act, do you sometimes like you record your lines, but you don't really know with who you're going to be playing, and then you just end up watching the episode, and you figure out you've been working with a friend without knowing it. Yeah, so. that happens all <laughs> the time. What I loved about glitch checks is, as much as possible, they would try to bring multiple people in to record at the same time. So I recorded a ton with Ricardo, who plays Five, and Luke, who plays Mitch. I never got to record in person um, with Monica, who plays Miko, which I, you know, that would have been so cool. But uh, yeah, a lot of the time you're in there by yourself, and then it's not until later you see it all come together. And so you're really relying on your voice director, and in this particular show both Dan and Eric did voice direction so we're really relying on them to have a clear picture of the whole so that when you hear all the voices together it's seamless it's like you're talking to each other I like this gag they're just all kind of moving oh yes doing their own right. little thing this was such a good sung sung boarded this part and they in the script I, I forget exactly what it said but it was just like uh, Zara creates a distraction and uh, you know they all escape and she came up with that idea of them just kind of like dancing as holograms and we love like it was so funny that's awesome yeah. and easy to animate too right because it's like a loop <laughs> <laughs> also for Silas like no we all tried to <laughs> uh, never mind I'm just going to go back over here Zara do you remember that it was there was an episode from season two that we boarded where you guys all got to get in the booth together and it was i i'm trying to think of how much i'm allowed to say about this a uh -huh. a gaming a gaming thing of a themed episode wow that narrows it down um was it the one where 
people would um, stop being around for moments? <laughs> I'm trying to be vague. It was the yeah, tabletop was, gaming episode, You guys right? were all in the booth together except for Miko. Yes, yes. And that was, I think, one of the coolest experiences on this show was, like, getting to see all of you guys perform and kind of, like, ad-lib with each other. And it was because, like, you were there and Josh was there and Ricardo yes. was there and Luke was there. Oh, my God. It was so cool to get to see you guys really but just, that's a like... Question. How much kind of, ad-lib was there in Glitchstick? Gosh, um, well, speaking for, for Zara, here and there, I mean, there were some alternate reads we would try, but there wasn't a ton of, I don't know, I don't remember improvising too much. I feel like the script had a lot of options, and, you know, sometimes Dan would ask, what do you think of this, kind of like, you know, posing an idea, and just kind of talking about it, and trying it, and trying things lots of different ways. But I wouldn't, at least for my part, I wouldn't say it was like a ad lib heavy show. The scripts were already perfect. Because <laughs> I know it's usually more common ish to ad lib in features rather than series, because I think series are a bit more tight and um, um, like planned, as per se, than features. But maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> that makes sense because sometimes by the time they bring an actor in to record, it's set in the storyboard or the timing. Um, and so you really have to honor what is there uh, and make that work as best you can. Yeah, and the series is also such a fast conveyor belt because you got to be cranking out a finished episode at the end of the factory line every like month or so. So there's really no time to be taking extra care with this one. You just got to like make sure that your factory works sufficiently enough and everything's coming off the line looking great. I will say in terms of the ad-libbing, while, you know, I'm not a voice actor, we did get to watch Luke Youngblood sing a song for that episode. And I hope maybe one day Dan leaks that audio because it was <laughs> the funniest thing. He's such a good singer. And it was just, it was great to get to watch him kind of like ad-lib this, this song. Agreed. That was so good. feel like that would make a really good concept album. It's like the musical stylings of Mitch Williams. <laughs> I'd buy it. I'm a big fan of every musical episode in the series. Uh, yeah, they're often in my personal favorites. <laughs> Guilty pleasure. There's an unreleased Glitch Text episode that we recorded where Zara and Hanish rap about math or make a, a rap about some invention they've made. I'm sad that that wow. is unreleased. <laughs> you know what? I we should bug Dan because so I boarded that that part right, and you know may, maybe maybe he can find a way to to get that out to the world. That was <laughs> a really really funny moment because they're without saying too much, they're trying to like help Nico study for something. Yeah, I think yeah. we're talking about the same part, right? I think so too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and lots of, lots oh of my people... gosh, they do like this dance for, and <laughs> the, the two of them are just so interactive education. Clearly, we had no fun making this show at all. Oh, no, absolutely <laughs> oh, none. No, no fun was had. It's all all drudgery all the time. But now that you mentioned this, it's I think it's really important because. Like, Glitch Tech was not 
easy to work on. Like I, we have to say it, it was not easy. <laughs> but everyone that I talk about, as much of a struggle and, and a hardship it was, nobody's looking back saying like, oh, I kind of regret working it out or, oh, it's not as, as amazing as I would thought it would be. Like everybody's super proud to have worked on it, which is not the case for every production. And not that some productions are lame or something. It's just that, you know, you don't have the same attachment to an average comedy show that you have to an action adventure like that with so many representations and stuff. So we were all very proud. And yeah, I don't think the show would have worked as well if it wasn't as if we didn't feel as implicated as we were in there, it makes sense. There was definitely a lot of camaraderie, like for sure. I, I would 100% agree with that. And, and you get that on every show that you work on to some degree, but I mean, on Glitch Text, we really just like, cause you know, it was a new thing and it was so big and expansive. And, you know, we just, I think we all love games too. So it was, yeah, th there, was, there was a lot of love that went into this. And it shows on screen, you know, it shows in the stories, it shows in the characters and the artwork and the scripts and everything here. I mean, it's not just, hey, another cartoon. And now five's coming Five to his back. Own. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the, the throwing of the jacket into oh, the yeah. wind. It's like, yeah, we, we got, got our this. boy back. That shot was actually moved because it was originally during the fight that happens here in a minute but we, we kind of like cut a lot of the shots around and ended up moving that. We couldn't decide when to have him transform back to normal five, right? Originally, he kind of confronts Tank and that's when he, he has that moment, but then uh, Chris had this idea to move it up and I think it actually works really well here. I have a question about like that actually ordering and like episode order and stuff. I am trying to remember what was the first episode I recorded? And I feel like it wasn't this one because uh, the audition side I had had lines from Buds, Let's Be Buds. And I feel like that was happened pretty early in the recording process, like maybe even before this one. Was that episode, do you guys know, was that originally earlier? Like, I know that like the order got changed around, I think Dan said. Yeah, it might have been, or it might have been we had an early draft of Buds, and it was like one of the first episodes to really feature Zara heavily. Gotcha. So that was moved up for the sides, possibly, because I think Buds was like one or two after this one. But yeah, early Buds on in the show, the scripts would change order all the time. Sorry, mm. Phil. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. <laughs> this, this entire fight, by the way, syncs up to You Say Run from the My Hero Academia soundtrack. If you sync it from the moment that Five's foot slaps down on the ground in front of in front of Tank there. I was watching a lot of My Hero Academia at the time. <laughs> wow, what an Easter egg, Phil. I'll take your word on that and actually try it. I'm gonna try that too. That's pretty fantastic. Everybody listening, try it. I'll, um, I, I should, I should release because I have my own cut of this with that audio. And this fight was actually a little bit longer too. It just, a lot of it had to get cut for time. I originally had Tank do that like overhand, like body slam that Bakugo does uh, in his fight with Deku. But we were like, oh, that might be a little too, a little too aggro. So I think we ended up getting, uh, it ended up on the cutting room floor. <laughs> how do you decide what the fighting styles are going to be and how people are going to move? 
based on their characters in shows like this? Um, th- I mean, this one was really... Eric was so instrumental in this fight, right? Because, like, he had this idea to make it... We couldn't decide whether we wanted it to be all four of them versus all four of the Oversight Squadron's crew or not. And Eric had this idea that, like, Five was kind of going to take the hit for the team on this one. Like, he's really not trying to fight here. He's just trying to stall for time. And so that went into how I started planning this scene... Also, you can see when Tank grabbed five right there, that was originally when he kind of like overhand like threw him onto the ground. And we were just like, ah, oh, no, we're gonna, we're gonna cut that part. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was, that was, I think, kind of what went into to this fight specifically was just like, five's just distracting. This was really kind of like Han, Zara, and Miko getting the win here by pulling off their hack. That's really cool. And I know we've mentioned the theme park before, but I just love the contrast. I love that you're, they're fighting these super aggro characters and basically Candyland, which is just fantastic. Yeah. And isn't their team name something really funny and glitchy, like enter name here or something? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I love teamwork. I, I love when I see it in games and stuff and, 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 and shows because it gives idea then that when I play D&D. <laughs> Yeah, see, when you're with, with all your folks, your future campaigns. Yeah, the series definitely has that, like, I love this joke with Miko. <laughs> yeah. But it does have that, like, role, the tabletop roleplay game aspect of, like, everybody plays, like, a subclass that rounds out the team. So they're all, like, stronger together than the sum of their parts. It's really nice. But then again, they're not stuck in the same role over and over again. And it's great to see that support characters are not always support characters and that's really cool yeah absolutely so that is the episode you guys that was alpha leader so again at the end five learns that hey different kinds of leaders different kinds of leadership he doesn't have to follow just one style he doesn't have to be you know mini mitch even though he has got cool hair he can just do his own thing Yeah, Five's hair is cool already. Right? It is cool. I, I need more of Five with the Mitch hair, though. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Zara thinks Five's hair is cool, no matter what he does to it. This is true. <laughs> that's, that's very sweet. Oh, yeah. man. I haven't watched that in so long. That was so cool to get to go back through it. It was so fun watching with you guys and hearing all the animation insights. Yeah, I love it. Awesome hearing like the actor's perspective too. So thank you. Oh yeah. It's not something we get often to that that kind of detail. It's always very surfacey, but thanks for sharing all that. It was in depth. Yeah, thank you to all of you because just it shows it. It just, you know, it takes an entire team of people. It's not just one person that creates an animated show, you know, like Dan and Eric and Gabe and all of them and Megan, they're all awesome and it takes you know, production and board artists and animators and designers and actors and everyone in between. And then you have, you have a show. And as they said before, it takes a while to make a cartoon. There isn't an animate button. You know, you heard Adam say it. (laughs) It was like, what, nine to 11 months. So it is a process. Yeah, that was the time that like Maria Ev's team had it. So, you know, we were working on it before and after that too. 
And then it's yeah. my understanding that like episodes were complete and then just awaiting a release date. So like sometimes working in animation as an actor feels like you're like holding on to government secrets because we recorded the bulk of the episodes in 2017 and 2018. And then it wasn't till January 2020 that we could really talk and share about it. So yeah, it takes a long time. And it's hard because you work on a show for so many months and sometimes years. And especially for Glitch Tech, we were kind of stressed because you, if the show doesn't come out, what do you put in your demo reel to get your second job or your third job? And that's always a stressful part. And I guess it's the same for voice acting because you can't release what you worked on if the show doesn't make it to the television. So right. um, yeah, that's something sometimes people don't think about. Like It is stressful. <laughs> and oh, Angela, thank you for getting us all together. I had to say it before I forget. Oh, thank you. Just thank all of y'all for coming. Because as I uh, mentioned this at the beginning, y'all have your choice of weekend activities. And I appreciate the fact that one of those activities is spending time on the show and talking to all the people out there and letting them know how the show was created. Watching well, cartoons with friends on a Saturday morning is is pretty solid. So. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons is the best. Also, oh, I've really good. enjoyed looking into everyone's houses who have your cameras on on Zoom. You all have some very tidy, neat displays. Thank I you. Like. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, I pride myself on that. It's like, well, everyone's going to be looking in, so time to clean. It's <laughs> time to make it very festive. <laughs> yeah, so now is the... The last part of the show, which is showing uh, what y'all are going to be up to and what people can look forward to seeing from you in the future. So Adam, I'll have you uh, kick it off here. How can people find you online and what are you currently working on or will be working on soon? Hey, yeah. So I, uh, Phil and I are actually creative partners on some things. We have a Cartoon Network short coming out uh, very soon that Zara uh, knows a little bit about. We can't say anything else about it other than that. It's coming out soon? Soonish, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Phil and I will like, will definitely, uh, you know, alert the world about that. Phil will do more of that than I will because I'm not really a social media person, but you can, you can uh, friend me on LinkedIn. And yeah, <laughs> no, no, my day job though is working at uh, DreamWorks Animation and Development. So, so yeah, watch those DreamWorks shows that are out there. Uh, You're making sure that we have Kipo. future cartoons. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and thank you again, Angela. This is awesome. So much fun chatting with you. Absolutely, absolutely. And then Mel, what do you have going on and where can people find you? Uh, yeah, I have a YouTube channel where, because uh, by day I am a teacher and I also develop animation softwares, but at night, I am a YouTuber making animation content for free on YouTube. And all I want is to take our small part of the industry. And by animation, I include voice acting as well, because without you guys, we couldn't be doing animation. So I just want to have people know a bit more about the behind the scenes of what we do. Because, you know, into the DVDs, where when they have making out, it's like, hey, this is an animator. And they, you have it, somebody painting a background. And I'm like, yeah. Not exactly. <laughs> so yeah, just to inform people and you can find it with the tag uh, ZBirdBrain. Because <laughs> yeah, and that's my name online. Yeah, it's a lot of free content for you to just munch on and learn a bit more. And it's very interesting because I have amazing guests coming over sometimes. And uh, yeah, I just love to share the joy and hardships of animation. <laughs> 
and it's a really good channel and y'all should definitely check it out. And Zara, what do you have coming up and where can people find you? Oh gosh. Well, first of all, people can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Zara Thuzzle. Um, I'm pretty active on my social media sites. Yeah, find me there. And <laughs> as far as what what's coming up for me, I'm not at liberty to talk about certain things. And also because of the pandemic, I'm not sure what's going to be released. Release schedules have all been kind of delayed, but I can tell you, you can catch me in Young Justice Outsiders, which has just moved to HBO Max. It used to just be on the DC Universe streaming service, but now it's on HBO Max, all episodes streaming. You can catch me on Craig of the Creek on Cartoon Network and Jeff Trammell, who's the head writer on Craig of the Creek, worked on Glitch Text um, at Nickelodeon when it was being developed. So shout out to Jeff. And uh, I'm also the voice of the announcer in the uh, Battle Royale game Apex Legends. You are the Apex champion. And our next season is dropping very, very soon. And they release content all year round. So if you're a gamer, check out Apex. It's a lot of fun. And thank sure. you so much, Angela, for having me. This has been a blast. Absolutely, absolutely. And you guys, you guys can't see us on here, but we're, we're giving thumbs up when she's announcing all things like, yeah, those are really cool things. So, <laughs> absolutely. And then Phil, where can people find you? And what are you up to? Uh, yeah, the easiest place I think I'm the most active is on Twitter at off brand link, like the, <laughs> the Zelda character. I mean, right now, like Adam said, you know, we're, we're still working, we're still working on the short so if you like that, if you like Zara's voice acting, come follow me on Twitter and I'll let you know as soon as I'm allowed to say anything. And that's kind of... <laughs> Even if you um, don't like Zara's voice acting, go follow him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but you should like her voice acting because it's great. Come on, you guys. <laughs> it's been so cool to get to work with Zara like multiple times. And, oh, and we, no. we had this character and we were like, oh my God, she'd be perfect for this. Let's please pull her in. And we were lucky enough to, to be able to work with you a second time on that. So... Oh, thank you. I'm just so glad to hear that things are moving and grooving. Yeah, we got our, you know what, I guess we can't really talk about the project specifically, but I can say we got our work print in, we're going through the process. It's been really cool getting to do a little bit more of the, uh, the editing and the post and stuff. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, right now I'm working, I'm actually working for Flying Bark, who edit, uh, they animated two episodes of Glitch Text. They did Going Going Gauntlet and the tutorial episode. So that was kind of how I, I met them and you know we're working on a lego show right now and it's a lot of fun they're just phenomenal animators they did all they did all of rise of the ninja turtles too so i'm learning a lot and i'm having a lot of fun so yeah hopefully that show will come out soon too excellent yeah and if it comes out while we're doing the podcast we will definitely let everyone know so again adam and marie ev and zara and phil thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your expertise about working on it, the ins and outs, what it's like working on glitch text and just in the animation industry as a whole. It's always incredibly cool to hear people's stories and everyone at home. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back next time with another fabulous episode. Bye.